0: What's going on? What's going on? Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Um, Tonight, we're going to talk about voting. It's that time, November 6th. It's very, very, very important that we get out here and vote, y'all. I mean, you all already can see the type of madness that's going on with this dude in the White House and just different people that's in different offices throughout the United States of America, especially in this D.M.V. area. There's people that got feelings about the mayor. There's people that got feelings about um, Governor uh, Larry Hogan. I mean, there's all types of people that got you know, different feelings about what type of change they want to see. And we ought to see some change. But in order to see that change, we got to do something about it. And so tonight, we're going to talk about voting. And first and foremost, I want to apologize because we had some technical difficulties um, recording for some reason one of the guests, um, his microphone on his phone kind of went in and out, and I edited as much as I could without cutting out the majority of the discussion that we had, and the discussion is very well. There's a lot of insightful stuff inside of the show, so I didn't want to cut it off too much, but I just wanted to tell you first and foremost to bear with um, some of the breaks And some of the dead spots that pop up on the show but without further ado I hope y'all like the show and um, I hope you get something out of it and I definitely hope that you get out and vote because we definitely need to do that so enjoy the show and uh, get out and vote
1: Of the Chemical Weapon Corps, where she referred to nerve gas as just insecticide developed for people, someone who's made a career cashing in on her government contacts, was sued for using her position as a board member to defraud shareholders, and is now pursuing Trump's agenda of defunding planned parenthood and denying medical coverage to people with pre-existing conditions. The more you know Ami Hover, the less you want to. I'm David Trone. And I approve this message.
2: I'm not only a nurse, I teach nurses to care for other human beings. Ben jealous has a plan called Medicare for All that builds on the foundation of Medicare by using our collective purchasing power to lower costs and the cost of prescription drugs. Medicare for All allows us to take every pharmaceutical company to task on the price of every drug and we'll get a better deal for all of us. Nurses want a healthier Maryland, and Medicare for All will lead to just that. My name is Hannah, and I'm supporting Ben Jealous for governor of Maryland. believe The most important part of serving is listening. I've heard stories from people across Virginia that have moved me to take action on veterans' unemployment, the opioid epidemic, and pediatric health care. But we can't make progress when we're divided, when our leaders pit us against each other for political gain. In the senate i'll always listen to you and focus on solving problems that matter to virginia and to america i'm tim kane and i
0: approve this message
1: in this community right here it's a disconnect between like the people and the person they supposed to be able to reach i've been here since 2011. i ain't had no help since until 2014. i wanted to run to the governor and he'll promptly, he said well you know win or lose i'm gonna get him some help down there after he won the election he sent me some help a lot of times he's here And nobody knows. We operate man off of friendships. It is what it is. You know, we making it work. You got a white Republican governor. Hey, he act like a regular human being to me. Call it an easy pass, but there's nothing easy about getting Wexton. As Transportation Commissioner Jennifer Wexton backed a deal leading to tolls on 66, up to $47 one way. Wexton in the worst way, making life harder for us. Now she wants a free ride to D.C.? If Wexton's elected, the bell tolls for us all. We'll get Wexton again if we let Wexton win. The NRCC is responsible for the content of this advertising. As your home be one more false negative ad from Jennifer Wexton, my head's going to explode.
0: Jennifer Wexton will make Nancy Pelosi speaker again. They've promised to raise taxes on our families by up to $2,400. And get rid of the $2,000
1: child tax credit. Wexton wants higher taxes on our homes, small businesses, health plans, and more. We can't afford Wexton and Pelosi. But Barbara Comstock, she's an independent fighter for us. I'm Barbara Comstock, and I approve this message. A bill being considered by the D.C. Council to lower the voting age from 18 to 16 will get its first vote today. The legislation would give 16-year-olds the right to vote in all elections, including those for the president. Other jurisdictions, including Tacoma Park, Greenbelt, and Hyattsville in Maryland, already allow 16-year-olds to vote in local races, but the district would be the first jurisdiction to lower the voting age for local and national
0: races. So, uh, so we so we parted up tonight, man. I appreciate both of y'all coming through, um, so we can kind of hit this topic. It's been something that I've been wanting to talk about now for about um at least a, a week or so. And you know, life has been, you know, kind of up and down. Been trying to avoid me trying to get this done, but I'm glad we able to um get on here and get it done. So we all know what uh November 6th is. We know you know how important it is. For us to get out and get this vote in But it's a lot of people that I've talked to That I ran across the last couple Maybe like the last two weeks or so That just feel like, you know It's not as important to them to vote And they feel like that, you know They vote don't matter Or they just don't like the candidates And so they simply just don't vote And then other people on the other hand You know, they they, they know what their civic duty is They know exactly how important it is And so they're willing to, you know, vote and and give and make and give it some meaning but it's a lot of people that just don't want to so i guess i want to kind of look at it on both sides and kind of figure out you know why is it that some people feel like they vote don't matter and they feel like it's a waste of time and then on top of the people who who want to vote and you know that really want to make a difference so so much i mean give me an idea of, of how this thing fit, you know how, how how you feel about this whole voting thing and with, how how you see it and you know are you voting You know, uh, not necessarily who you're voting with, but kind of, you know, uh, what's your views on voting overall? So um, I might be a little
2: unique in this. Um, As you know, I'm a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, and one of our national programs is called A Voteless People is a Hopeless People. That program was implemented many, many years ago, um, really in an effort to get Black folks to the polls. Uh, so that they could be involved. Uh, The laws in this country over time have changed tremendously. uh, But I'm certain everybody on this phone call understands that our voting rights uh, were earned and, and fought for. And they were not something that was given. And even, you know, even at the end of slavery, some of the laws that they put in place, which, you know, you still see some trickles of it now with some of the voter suppression, the rules that they were put in place. I mean, initially they would say, okay. in order to vote, you have to be able to read something. Well, if you could read, that means that you had broken the law because as a slave, you weren't supposed to right. be educated. And so there were tricks even, you know, 100 years, 100 plus years ago that they put in place. It's so over time, um, you know, anytime you want to have an impact on change, you have to be in the game, you right. have to be at the table. So that's first and foremost. Um, so for me, I I'm very adamant and very intentional about the idea that I I seek out opportunities to have my voice heard, and uh, you know, like you said, exercise my civic duty, uh, partially for myself, just you know, and and probably less so for me because um you know I guess I'm at a point in my life where you know first of all I know God's gonna take care of whatever is in is in place either way, uh, but I'm fortunate you know I'm fortunate enough to live in Loudoun County where. The concerns that I have as a voter um, probably are minimal in comparison to the real issues that are happening across the country and in other areas of the world, or other areas of our country, so to speak. Um, you know, we, we, we argue over whether or not we're going to build a new school building, you know, a new school because they're building another neighborhood with half million dollar homes and, and what that's going to do for traffic, if they're going to build bridges and, you know, things like that. Um, are always on, yeah, on that's some, the ballot,
1: that's, but that's, there's still a fight, I mean, he, you know. That's Virginia, what we dealing with. That's why I want to hear it. Go ahead, go ahead, Mike, so What else? Um, other things. Hello. Hello.
2: Hello? Um, you know, I live in Leesburg. We have a Confederate statue and it's a statue. of, But it's gun drawn, um, you know, outside of the courthouse, the place where you're supposed to be able to go get justice. You're constantly reminded that you get no justice here. And so that's a that's a, that's a hotbed item out here. We have several slave cemeteries uh, where some of the developers have, you know, there's been quite a fight with the developers that want to come in here. Like I said, to build these million dollar homes and they want to, you know, kind of do it by building over some of the old slave cemeteries that were deemed historic. And the way they do that is, you know, they do it through legislation. They do it real tricky. So if you're not involved and if you're not read up and keeping current with what changes are coming, you really are going to be blindsided. And, and the end result of that is that you look up and you realize how much you've missed out on uh, simply because you didn't exercise your right to vote. So for me, that that's where I come from. Um, as far as, uh, and I, I guess I'll close in terms of my personal view now about identifying the question of voting itself. I try my best. You know, I definitely read up on every candidate. Uh, I think yeah. you, you saw what I mentioned before that I consider myself to be a moderate conservative. Uh, but I'm not a Democrat or Republican. I'm actually registered as a Democrat from uh, from when I turned 18. Okay. <laughs> and I remember I voted for Bill Clinton the first time. And um, but, you know, at that point in time, I registered as a Democrat. I've never rescinded it, Um, but I I really consider myself more of a moderate conservative. Um, But here's what happens for me a lot of times. um, And I think that if, if people really take a moment to analyze it, they'll realize that most people that vote, you don't necessarily vote in your best interest. And this is what I mean by that. Now, this gets more to presidential elections, but nationwide. Most times I vote democratically and it's, uh, once again, it's not for me. Uh, the social programs that I'm blessed where I might not need those things, but I know that I've got family roots in right. South Carolina where those programs are imperative to the success of people. I've got I've got roots in New York where those programs have been imperative for the success of people just to have an opportunity. So it might not hit me in my backyard, but I'm voting for those for the least of those who need an opportunity. Now locally, you know, it gets a little more personal because now I'm looking at the decisions of where the money's gonna be spent, um, how how they're gonna break out their strategy and, and everything else locally. And for me, if I'm pleased with the current situation and it just so happens to be a Republican that's in office, I don't have a problem saying, okay, I would like to keep the status quo and move forward. Uh, but so on a local level, or more of a micro level, I'm, I'm definitely more open to um, not, you know, so, not so necessarily. I don't vote party so lines. So much. I got much. a
1: quick question, so. not to cut you off. So could you go That's more in the- deep of explaining, even just to the listeners, what a moderate conservative is? Is that what you had said? That you were?
2: Yeah, yeah. So um, I have a theory. Of course, there's a spectrum where. They try to create these swim lanes of what each voter really is. So you hear these terms. You'll hear, uh, you know, starting from left to right, you have your liberals. Uh, so your liberal folks are the people that, you know, and, and I, I guess I'll try and give in a common sense way. They, they really feel like, hey, we're all in this together. So anything we can do as a unit or as a country, as a group to kind of make sure everybody's taken care of and everybody's okay we should do it. And it's worth the investment. They're always looking long term. That's why a lot of their platform will deal with education. A lot of their platform, you know, they are strong on um, the Medicare, Medicaid stuff for senior citizens. They're strong on welfare mm-hmm. programs, making sure that the least of these have what they need in place um, But from a social perspective. Uh, quite frankly, they feel like the government needs to stay out of my business. You know, if I need to make a personal decision about my health care, if I need to make a personal decision mm-hmm. about uh, you know, Planned Parenthood or something to that effect, the government should stay out of my business. On the other side of the spectrum from that is conversely, is the conservative. And so the conservatives feel like fundamentally <laughs> uh, the government needs to stay out of my pocket. And I'm out here busting my chops to make it happen for me and my family. And if I have a cousin who's hurting and needs something, me and my family, we take care of them. And if, they, if we can't take care of it, then we'll go to the church or we'll go to some of the other nonprofit places. But the last thing we want is the federal government, who is too large and never does an adequate job at these type of things to have influence on how we take care of ourselves. So that's why they say things like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, maybe live a little bit below your means so that you're prepared for the worst times. Um, You know, and a lot of times it gets down to the money. It really does. It gets down to money with conservatives um, and not to, you know, to shortchange them. And that's why I say um, I can, you know, but I consider myself a moderate conservative because on social issues, there are a lot of things where my my personal stance probably leans closer to, um, you know, might lean a little bit closer towards the liberal side of things. Because I believe that you have to you have to rule with compassion, you know, Um, which is which is really what's so dangerous about our current president. You know, this you know, you're talking about a guy literally for the last 30 to 40 years, every room he's walked in, everybody's kissed his butt. Every room he's walked in, he's been the guy that has the final say on anything and everything, because I said, so this is what we're going to do. You can't just flip a switch one day and say, okay, now I have to reach across the aisle. I have to work with people and I have to value their perspective on things. His goal is, okay, the people voted for me. They may be president. Clearly they know that I know what I'm doing. So the rest of you all are idiots and everything I want to do, we're going to do it because I said so. It's, not, it's business as usual. It's business as usual. He, he operates from a position of strength uh, and right or wrong, you know, whether you support no, him or not, none, that's nonetheless, uh, he's that's also what's reflected, reflect
1: someone that's working um, most, you know. mostly with business. And usually, when being a boss of business, he see it's exactly what you just prescribed it to be. You know, my, my word is my say, and that's what goes. So, you know, dealing with a CEO type president, which is also a president that's never held any political office ever, this is what we actually have.
2: Right. And even deeper than that, you know, outside of holding a political office, I think even more important is that, you know, you now are sitting in the highest possible position Absolutely. or job title as it relates to service. And now mm-hmm. to service and you've never served anyone in your life. You've never, you've never served anyone in your life, but now you're in charge of service. That is mind blowing. Think about that. Think about, you know, President Obama and the path he took, you know, went through higher education, law school, then he went into the community and started doing community work, you know, but this is someone, again, <laughs> and, yeah, it's easy, you know, I'm not going to say easy. When you, It's easy to understand his position on things when you understand the, the game that he's played, you know. It, it, it would be kind of like if you took I don't know if you took a successful NFL owner and all of a sudden you said, okay, you're in charge of women basketball, but you, you know, he doesn't know anything about how to play that game. Politics is a different game from football It's a different game from ownership. This is not about ownership. So when he makes, you know, flagrant statements and that might be offensive, you know, he really doesn't understand that, you know, you can't just say anything you want to now because every word you, you speak has an impact on the markets has an impact on our foreign relations. Um, and it is, you know, I don't, don't want to stay on forty-five for this whole conversation, but it's a dangerous. It's, it's very dangerous, and and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm kind of beyond the whole, you know, oh, you know, he's a racist and all that. I mean, I'm I'm literally talking about. Uh, I mean, we live in the in the D.C. area where everyone supports the government in some capacity. I'm just talking about the decisions that are made uh, that have real impact on people's lives. When you have got your secretary of state over trying to broker a deal in asia and you are making statements that are directly in contrast to what he's trying to accomplish and promises he's making you are you are you're you're minimizing and you're diminishing the integrity of the United States of America and those. No, not to, and and also, and he, he doesn't you, I mean you, thing,
1: you, you so. did say that 45 I know you don't want to st- stay on him for long but you know Obama didn't serve in no type of military statue even you know before he became president but no so
2: so now when I talk about service um, he, if you recall now Obama was uh, part of like the community activism you know he had, he had roots in activism that way Um, And instead of him taking a, you know, going to a large legal firm fresh out of Harvard Law School, he went back to Chicago and was working in the streets trying to, you know, advocate for change. And eventually he ran for office and and worked his way through very quickly, by the way, um, to to ascend to the the role of president. Um, But with Trump, you have someone (laughs) who said, I've got the biggest mouth because I've got the biggest Biggest person in the room. I got the the most money, um, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say everything you guys are scared to say. Why are you scared to say it? What are you worried about? Somebody firing you? You worried about somebody? You about losing your job? I don't have those worries. I am my job. I fire people. I don't. I don't worry about getting fired. I don't have to. You know. I don't. T- to, you know. Hey, to, to be do careful that. or be politically so, correct, so, and I'm not going so to change that. Actual
1: question that Kevin and I was having really? a question about. You know. Not too long ago, we was actually having a sit down question off the air, and I was, you know, we were speaking on the fact that how younger voters really didn't get into intact with this last presidential election, and I was actually t- telling, you know, trying to let Kevin and tell him that I think that's one of the biggest reasons I think Hillary probably didn't really, you know, fulfill the void of actually becoming president. During the last presidential election, because a lot of the younger voters, the younger new voters, wasn't really pressed to actually get out to go to the polls like the the previous election was when Obama ran, and even when Bill Clinton had actually won his first term as president. What do you think? Any in your suggestion? Do you think can be another way okay. that we can get younger voters to go to the, you know to the polls with these midterms coming up? In your opinion.
2: Okay, so so I'm going to get to that question in a second, but I want to say something. Um, I want to just touch on that election for a second. Um, I'm of the mind, I'm of the opinion that first of all, if you look at history, it's rare that you get the same party in office three and four cycles in a row. So it's always rotating. It's always rotating. You look at Reagan went. To Right. And I think that's by design, you know, because there's a great balancing act that comes to the country: I'm not going too far left, I'm not going too far right. The Tea Party shook all that up after Obama was elected and you started having these flagrant candidates come from all over the country. And it was kind of a we're not going to take it anymore. And if you're with us, vote me in the office and I'll go in there and make sure that, you know, we keep our country, so to speak, you know, which is deep in itself. That's a whole nother topic. But with the last election, um, I do feel like the young voters were engaged. Right. But this, but them being engaged came in the form of Bernie Sanders. So the young young demographic that you're talking about, um, they real a lot of them were Bernie Sanders supporters. So now think about who the Bernie Sanders supporters were. Half of them probably stayed home. Then the other, you know, maybe some of them even went to the other side. And it was because of mistakes made by the Democratic Party where it was it was just so obvious that they had made a decision outside of the will of the people and said Hillary is up next. She's waited her turn. No matter what, this is who we want. And so because of the foul play and the dirty politics that were exposed. And again, you got to remember, we're in a day in the age of social media where information, something can happen yeah. at nine o'clock. PM by 10 o'clock P.M., everybody in the world is talking about it. So old school politics, you might not hear about a Watergate, you know, until two, three weeks afterwards, or until somebody leaks something to the media. Now, the minute something happens, it's it's everywhere. And everybody has an opinion about it. And information is being spread, it could be wrong. I can tell you there were, in my opinion, I've met more people that voted for President Trump because they refused to vote for Hillary because of their personal, you know, feelings about her, her involvement, whether it be with Benghazi, whether it be, you know, decisions she made as a New York state senator, decisions that happened when she was secretary of state. Um, Unfortunately, when you've been in the industry for as long as she has and she's been a part of that service world, you have a lot of. You know, you have a lot of history there that could be picked apart. You've made a lot of mistakes. With Trump, you didn't, you know, you heard about his mistakes, but people were like, yeah, well, that's because he wasn't a politician, so he wasn't supposed to be perfect, you know. Or, you know, they make excuses. I mean, I, I, I have a very strong memory for stuff. and I used to be very much engaged in the whole political process, especially during, you know, the Obama administration in the first, you know, those two elections. And I remember so vividly how people were in such a, I mean, they were outraged about Reverend Jeremiah Wright, you know, making statements that they felt were anti-American. Yeah. <laughs> when, you know, when he was talking about the chickens come home to roost, kind of, you know, going back to Malcolm X, right? But then they did two things with that. One, they try to say this should disqualify him. Look at who his spiritual advisor is. Well, his spiritual advisor was a Christian, but then they turned around. For four years, and said, "Well, he's not a Christian anyway; he's really a Muslim." There were so many things that were said and done. You know, he made the statement about Hillary Clinton during the, during um, their campaign. She thinks she's Annie Oakley. Oh, they tried to run with that. People, you know, the the Second Amendment, the, the NRA, you know, NRA folks ran with that. You know, you know, he's trying to take the guns. He wants to take the guns away. Blah, 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 blah. But it was all smoke and mirrors it was all smoke and mirrors and how quickly we've come we've gone from and again it's always been a facade anyway it's always been extreme hypocrisy you even back to you remember when newt gingrich he was the one who led the fight the against uh, president clinton for the monica lewinsky incident as well as all the other incidents that he had um you know that they kept saying you know he was a womanizer and he had all this history back home and all these women he had paid off and Newt Gingrich was on the front line of that. Well, turn around a year later, Newt Gingrich gets caught up. He ended up getting divorced, too, because his dirt came out, what he was doing on the side. So they've all been hypocrites. You know, so the expectation that anyone's perfect in politics is ridiculous. But I think that we have fallen so far from at least, you know, having at least trying to have some dignity when it comes to, the, to that office to it doesn't matter. This is our guy. This is our guy from our party. And that's how we're going to vote. Party voting is dangerous. Party voting is extremely dangerous. And I'll say this. Party voting is extremely dangerous for black people because we can't afford to sit back and not pay attention to the issues. We can't afford to sit back and not pay attention to the candidates. You better be listening to what they're saying right. is on their platform. So you're not turning around two years later saying, well, I didn't I didn't know that's what they were going to do. I didn't know they were going to increase the, the, the terms you know, and put three strikes in place. I didn't realize they were going to do that. And people are going to be going to jail for 15 years for a nickel bag of marijuana. I didn't know that they were going to do that. You got to pay attention. You got to pay attention. And the last thing is you got to follow the money. Because that money, the money trail is what really, really makes it happen. So anyway, enough about that. You asked me a question about getting young voters (laughs) engaged. I say that you have to, you have to reach them where they're at. Um, Our general, you know, and again, going back through history here, you know, up through the civil rights movement, it was easy to, you know, have a good story for, hey, we need to make changes because look at how you're living. Look at how things are happening. Right. Um, Our generation, you know, we, we, we grew up and you don't even really think about this. But, you know, okay, Vietnam War, most of us are born right after the Vietnam War kind of ended or whatever. The war of Iraq. And and so we've watched what's happened with the country. You know, Million Man March, um, just, just trying to fight for advancement, trying to fight for things. What is driving the kids now is the main topic, the Black Lives Matter with police brutality. But how does that translate into the ballot? How does that translate to Saying, "Hey, listen! I know you're you're fired up. You want Colin Kaepernick to get his job back. You need to put some politicians in place that can advocate for something like that." Now, and I'm not being literal right now, but I'm just saying those are the type of you know being able to tap into the issues that they care about and and get them engaged, get them fired up. Bernie Sanders had them going. Why? Because these kids are sitting there saying, man, I'm not trying to graduate from college with a $100,000 worth of debt. Then I can't find job." <laughs> I like right. that. You got my attention now. You know? Then he started, you know, pulling back the veil and peeling the onion on all the dirty stuff that happens in Washington. You know, the differences and decisions that were happening. And he was passionate. in his message, his voice, the way he was able to speak, he was able to reach the youth. But then... The worst thing that could have possibly happened was that politics, the Democratic Party found a way to basically just kill Bernie Sanders off. So you got someone I mean, they you know, they had President Obama had everybody fired up, engaged, you know, just a transcendent figure just a powerful speaker someone that when you when we I'm, i'll i never forget every time i swear for eight years every time i would be flipping through the channels if i saw president obama on television i would stop because i wanted to hear what he had to say i wanted to hear what he had to say and i wasn't looking to see if he's going to make a fool of himself or he's going to say something stupid or offend somebody i really wanted to hear what he had to say what's, what's up next what's going on you know And I think that Bernie Sanders probably would have given them that same type of feeling. Hillary, she came off like a snake. She came off like establishment. So people said, no way. No, that's not right. That's not right. We're not going to let y'all just bully this election and take our vote for granted. They stayed home.
1: So do you feel that since they stay home, they still, you know, still actually vote at all? Meaning, and not only just the young voters, just people in general, with this, with with the way and what we went through with our forefathers and ancestors for the whole fact of the vote in this country. Oh no, they're coming back.
2: They're gonna. Everyone's gonna vote. Um, I'm hoping people come out for the midterms, but you know, the House and Senate's gonna switch over because right now, what's happening is people realize, oh crap, we got this dictator in office, and he has. All his boys there on both sides. The funniest thing about it is he's so much of a dictator, he's not getting done half the stuff he could be getting done because he can't get out of his own way. Like the, the Republican agenda should be complete by now. They should have been pushing everything through. They could have easily gotten it done. But the stuff that he wants to get done, even the Republicans know it's not reasonable. It's not in the best interest of the country. And you're about to have all of us voted out or killed because people are going to go crazy. <laughs> well, you know, I
1: mean that that speaks for itself. Especially how a lot of people that he's actually hired since he's been president been either getting fired or resigning, or, you know, whatever have you. And a lot of his own party isn't even is even scratching his head why he has been president. Also, so it's a lot of it's a lot of things that's just not making too much sense since he's been in office. So to speak. Absolutely.
2: You know, I made a statement on my Facebook page yesterday uh, where I talked about the fact that there's a difference between a conservative and a Republican and a Trump supporter. And the truth or someone that voted for Trump, there's a difference between somebody that voted for Trump and a Trump supporter. A lot of people, I'm telling you, they voted against Hillary Mm -hmm. or they voted to change, you know, what was going on in Washington, D.C. They wanted fresh blood to see how it would work out. They wanted somebody that wasn't Looked in with the in crowd that wasn't already bought and paid off. Somebody who didn't have any loyalty to, you know, certain industries, which was a lie. But somebody who could get in there and shake it up. They change. The same way we wanted that type of change after George H.W. Bush. You know, we're watching the, the economy just completely crash. You know, we wanted we wanted change. And so, you know, President Obama was refreshing. Well, for those on the other side. They felt like President Trump is refreshing. They felt like he's refreshing. But guess what? Those people that stayed home, oh, they regret it. They're sitting there saying, man, I wish I had shown up. I should have shown up.
0: I mean, I was—I ain't going to lie. I was pissed. I mean, because it just felt like I went out there. I went to work. I came home. I mean, I beat my feet to stand in line for, like, at least 30 minutes right before the polls closed. I voted. Um, I came home. I guess I took a shower, I'm, I'm assuming like it was like 11, 30, 12, I dozed all, and by the time I woke up, all I seen was this white face with this shining, nasty-ass grin, saying he was the president. I just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? This is crazy. And so, like you were saying, it's just so many people that, um, you know, didn't want to vote for him, and necessarily didn't want to vote for Hillary so they just didn't vote at all and it's like that's the outcome I mean he he's ultimately the outcome of people not really stepping up and voting and doing what I thought they would have did after the way they did Obama
2: right you know and here's what's interesting about it though and again I mean there are so many mistakes that were made Hillary Clinton never went to Wisconsin to my knowledge I think or maybe she went one time you know those are large states. She took for granted that she was going to carry Wisconsin, that she would carry Michigan, that she would carry Ohio, you know, Pennsylvania. She took for granted that she would carry those states, And I got to tell you, she got her butt kicked. She got her butt kicked in those, those areas that were typically blue. Those are typically blue states that carry a lot of weight, a lot of delegates. Behind, much you know, I, I said you
1: know, much, much, it. I say it all the time, I really, really felt that Hillary really got out hustled by 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 the by the current president. I really think that way.
2: Oh, absolutely. Look, it's not it's no question about it. I mean we let we I'll tell you what happened. That that thing happened late. The little um, tape where he came out talking about grabbing him in the crush or whatever. Exactly. But I was about him, you would see, even though they were trying to kill him in the media, you would see him every single day, and you never heard anything from Hillary. You didn't hear anything. Like it was just way too quiet. I mean, they just had him on on blast, and it was like, okay, mm-hmm. you're trying to talk bad about the guy, but you know, sometimes exactly. like they say, uh, what they say, nope. No, Bad publicity, no such thing as bad publicity. All publicity you can do some way. And, I mean, he was out there. He was on the road. He was flying around the country. He went everywhere. And she did not. She did not. She got out hustled. She talked about she had a headache. She was tired or something. I don't remember. But, you know, the bottom line is, and I think I saw somewhere she's considering I mean, I, running I mean, again. I
0: mean, that would be I'm, the, I'm biggest the, would the biggest mistake. That's the biggest way again, to get that man. They really. say they're going to do um and and not and not just necessarily to get him out of office, but just get into into the habit of you know voting period just so we can see some type of change because I'm like, we're not gonna never really see the change that we say we're looking for unless we really get out there and and get educated and vote because, like you said, don't just get out there and vote just just for somebody's name or just voting for the party. But get out there and figure out what they're saying and, and, and what they stand for. Because you could be voting for somebody that clearly don't give a shit about you. I mean, I know a lot of people, even when I went to the polls um, for the, uh, the primary, it was like I was in a line with the lady and she was just like, oh, I'm just going right. to vote for everybody named that sound good. I was like, what? I mean, she was an older lady. And I think that's kind of where they are now because they're older. I mean, not saying that they're not informed, but they just. They tired. They like, man, I just got all work. I just want to vote and say I voted. But you want to vote, but you're not really putting any effort into voting. Like, I mean, I literally had my little book. I kind of, you know, wrote notes down on who did what. And, you know, just so I can remember. Because once you get to that battle, you can easily forget who who was who, who and, and who's supposed to be doing what what by all the names. So I, I, I went in there with my little book ready. The lady was like, oh, you ready, huh? I was like, yeah, I'm ready. So, I mean... I don't know. I just I just feel like at the end of the day, I'm tired of hearing people talking about, you know, what type of change they want to see, but they're not willing to take the time or the effort to go out there and vote so they can. So the change can really happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So mm-hmm. I'll say this Hillary Clinton carried Northern Virginia.
1: Yeah, no My vote it's counted. Definitely,
2: definitely, I'm pretty sure definitely. she carried Maryland, right? Yeah. And I think you know uh, in DC too, right? Or Does DC they can't vote on? Uh, yeah, I mean, so your vote counted, and it's not us. It's not this area. It's not the the major cities. It's once you get 25 miles out outside of the major cities, and you start getting into more of the rural communities. Um, I don't know. The last time you all took a trip and drove through you know, like Pennsylvania Turnpike or drove through, you know, Ohio, and you you see some of these smaller areas. Um, You know, I I travel a lot. So you see it. And there, you know, we live in this country is United States, but there's like many cultures here, many cultures. I mean, I can drive out to Winchester and that's a completely different vibe from Leesburg. And Leesburg is different from Arlington. Arlington is different from Oxon Hill. I mean, like, there are so many cultures in this country um, that getting that word out is important. It's important. And, um, so I don't know. I, 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 I try to be as optimistic as possible. If nothing else, let's make sure we keep the conversation going. The one thing we can't do is fall for fall for the banana in the tailpipe and start buying into this narrative that, you know, these elections are all, you know, selected and not elected, that your vote doesn't count. You don't, you might as well not do it. It's a, it's fake, you know. Don't get caught up in that stuff. Now, I hate to hear people talk like that. I specifically hate to hear Black people talk like that. We can't afford to be, you know, just to be on the sidelines for civic duty, like voting. We can't afford to be on the sidelines for things like getting a higher education. I mean, I understand, listen, that college is not for everybody, but everyone who is capable or who can find a way to get the means, everyone should be pushing towards it. Now, if there's something you know, there's there's plenty of folks that go the trade route, go the military route. Uh, there's so many ways, you know, entrepreneur. Um, there's so many ways to become successful in life. I'm not saying everybody has to go to college, but uh, the last thing I want to hear from a, a kid in high school is, "I don't need college," or "I don't," you know, co- you know, "I don't." Th- that's not that's not for me, you know, because you haven't tried it, you know. And I, I hate to hear people kind of pushing that message. Because uh, education is always going to be the cornerstone, always going to it's it's a tried and true foundation, if nothing else. I mean, think about it. you get your degree; you might not even work in your major, mm-hmm. but because you have your degree, you hit a check mark that automatically disqualifies everybody who doesn't have it. And I'm speaking as a business owner now. You, you know. When when those positions come come out and those requisitions are set up and they say, you know, must have a high school degree, uh, must have a college degree, that's non-negotiable. You know, I could have known you for 15 years. Hey, you're a great person. I know you're a good worker, but the customer has said that their expectation is X, Y, and Z. So you don't want to start eliminating yourself, you know. You know, and again, that's probably a different topic, but to me it all is relevant. You know, the way we the way we look at our politics is the same way that people look at their sports. You know, I know y'all Redskins fans. Absolutely. That's cool. But you can't be so passionate about being a Democrat that you missing where they have gaps and deficiencies. You're missing where they made mistakes because you're so in tune, you know. With making sure you you know you fight 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 for your side. You it's know, not that way. It's not yeah. that way. And the last thing I think that I want to say, and then I'm gonna stop talking because I feel like I'm dominating the conversation. But uh, I want to I want to say this too, that voting is really a step, an improvement towards change, right? But your vote is even more powerful is if after the election. Once they've been sworn in, if you stay engaged with what they've done and you can start holding them accountable to what they said they were going to do. So make sure you get out, go vote. But then after that, you need to follow through. The next step is to, you know, pay attention, pay attention, go to some of these community meetings You know, I go to the board meetings here locally. I go and I sit and hear what's the state of the 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 county addresses, um, and and I'm engaged. I'm trying to make sure that I know what's happening here so that I'm always at least aware. Because I don't ever want there to be a point in time where something happens, for example. I know this is extreme, but I don't want my son looking at me saying, well, Daddy, why didn't you do something about it? And I have to say, I didn't even know that was happening. Right. So I another another question you know, I actually wanted so to ask to, both of you guys days. on especially since
1: we are in the stages the of cell phones and apps and whatever have you now and I think Kevin Kevin you know me and Kevin also touched on this subject before and I just want to get your opinion on it too much since it's more it's it's more than just two heads talking about the subject what is your thoughts on probably nowadays having voting somewhat to be put of a system of being more aware of, with an app, possibly. I know it's. I know it's a real risky situation, because you know, with the way technology is and thousand two thousand, anything could be, you know, cabosh or sabotage, whatever have you. But do you think that some things might need to be changing of the guard since you know we coming up more and more with technology nowadays?
2: <laughs> um, this, this is one of those things where I probably sound phone, a little right? more conservative <laughs> on it, and I would say, hell no, get your butt out of the bed and get to the pole. You need to take us, a- you know. And, and again, and this I feel the same way about certain protests. When it- Best, you know, your best move is to do nothing. Then you're not really in the fight. You just, you know, you taking the easy way out. It's powerful about getting up, deliberate about I'm going for this. It's important, you know. If you if you take a moment, log into they're, your phone, you know, I, I, do the voter app, pressing your candidate, so you're done. There's no accountability for that. There's no accountability for that at all. Um, not to mention the, the cyber security side of that is a nightmare. There's no They do not have the tools in place, period, that can guarantee with any level of accuracy that those votes are accurate, they'll be protected. Uh, that they can track them, you know. Even, I mean, they do stuff now where they're looking at, you know, IP addresses or whatever, and they can kind of see who's done what. Right. This ain't American Idol. Nobody really cares if somebody set, you know, set a cookie in place that every time they voted, it counted fifty thousand times. It's
0: it's definitely. You can't, it definitely you, we're just not, live, there. We're definitely, not there. We're not there. It definitely will get. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in the IT field now, and. Then, um, it, it get real tricky I well mean, like you say it get, it get real tricky well
1: well well gentlemen, the reason I'm saying that is because you have a whole lot and, and much I'm sure you know now you have a whole lot of businesses ways I mean you know the, the way I'm paying my my uh, you know a cell phone bill you know how a lot of play people or a whole lot of companies are asking to do things online Whether to do it, you know via paper you know you you have that and I'm and trust me um gentlemen, I feel the same way it's just something that I was just—it's just a random thought that I just want to just you know just put out there in the air to get your perspective on.
0: I mean, I, it de- it's definitely something to think about. But I'm—I guess I guess now that I'm listening to it um, and kind of thinking about it, I, I do—I I would rather you get up, you get your ass out the bed, and, and, and yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, and I understand it's,
1: that. It's I understand. Like I, all of us. I understand that. I understand that. You know, to what both of you guys are saying, but. There's a lot of things that's that's cutting that if you you know, if you will, that 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 middleman and doing other things. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these old stores and stuff like that are no longer here. And I know talking about voting and talking about shopping are two different things, but even the way we do business now is basically paperless, practically. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this point up to speak to you guys to hear your perspectives on it. Trust and believe. I understand it full fledged, but a lot of things is beginning to change, and you know, with the technology, you know, uh, much a lot of things is making us lazy. You know, <laughs> you know. To be honest with you, I mean, look at Amazon. Yeah. You know what I mean? They killing. Exactly, and that's all by way of internet. I mean, they because, said- of Am- because of Amazon, Amazon you got st- you got stores either going through bankruptcy or possibly closing. I, even though I'm not trying to go off into go off the subject of voting, but I'm just trying to make a perspective of it, if you will. I mean, I wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised in the near future if something like that came up. I mean, I definitely would not be surprised about that. I mean, because technology is advancing every day. I mean, they they got. They got, they got people in that little bubble always working, always trying to figure something new out, so I would not be surprised with that. would not be surprised. Man, they haven't even gotten past the,
2: the idea that, hey, if you have an ID, you can go vote. Or if, you know, you could present a utility bill with your address, you can go vote. Like They're still trying to master who's eligible to vote. Uh, and so I think we're a very long way away from changing the actual method of voting uh, and the ballots and all that. Um, but I am in favor of making sure that it is e- as easy as possible. You know, the truth of the matter is I vote mm. in my neighborhood okay. at my okay. pool house. I, I, I don't know, you know. Like, I don't remember doing that back in the day when I was younger. We used to have to actually go to the elementary school right. or, or go to one of the local schools and vote. I vote in my neighborhood. They have the ballots there set up, people working them. Um, and go just like I, if I, if it's like taking my kids to the that's pool, we go to the pool. Aye, right, that's what's up, man. And go vote.
0: That's what's up. And I, But yet, people in
2: South Carolina and Georgia are standing in line for two and a half hours. To go cast their vote, in my neighborhood, which can't be more than 500 homes at the most, we have Mm -hmm. our own four booths, four polling stations set up, four or five easily.
0: And then I heard, (laughs) and then I heard, and then I yeah. So they make it as possible in places that that
2: they wanted to be easy.
0: That they um, told the people that they couldn't go vote. Uh did they close the voting spot or something? I I, I was listening to something on the T V day before yesterday. Uh one of the parts in North Carolina they said that they were opening one of the polling stations on a Sunday, but then um people showed up and then the people was like, Oh nah, we closed today. I was like, see that's the type of that's the type of shit that's going on behind closed doors that people don't know about. And then um to, Today, I heard something that I thought oh, that I yeah. would never hear. Um, uh, Tony Tony Lou, uh, Tony Lewis Jr. was over at DC jail, um, getting guys that's locked up that's not felons getting them able to vote. I thought that was major. Mm. I thought that was major. So, I mean, it, it, so anytime, yeah, somebody say, Oh, I don't need to vote or I can't vote, I mean, it's dudes in DC jail that's locked up and don't have a felony, but they actually getting them, getting them, their votes. I was like, so that's how, you know, it's serious. Now it's getting real serious. Real serious.
2: I'm going to tell you what, though, that is a very interesting topic Absolutely. too, that you Absolutely. might want to consider throwing out there one of these days. And, um, you know, I'm certain there's all types of opinions and philosophies on that. If, if you really think about it, if one makes, if somebody makes a decision, and you have to deal with the consequences of the legal system, first thing you have to realize that the the justice system and the legal system is not perfect. But we're going to strip right. them of their right to vote. Right. Connecting those two things is is to me dangerous. It's something. It's another one of those methods where. I mean, because you can statistically look at, I mean, it, just imagine if somebody did this by design and said, hey, here's a way that we can suppress votes. Anyone, you know, with these, you know, these felony records or whatever, anyone who goes to prison, they can't vote. Now look at who's going to prison. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Look at the demographics that we're attacking. And how does, how does that play together? How, in, in terms of the big picture of what we want to maintain in terms mm-hmm. of maintaining order in the country. I mean, come on, and I'm not, you know, I'm I'm very tough on, you know, legal stuff. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty conservative on that, you know, that you know, at some point in time, you know, you got to be held well, I mean, accountable they, for your they decisions. Did that.
0: They did that to Bill By the
2: same token,
0: I'm not blind. I'm not blind.
2: I, yeah, I'm not blind to the fact that, you know, this there is a system in place right now. You know, <laughs> well, first of all, there's a lot of money being made uh, through incarceration, but then. Think about the impact of taking away those votes. And what right do you have to say they can't vote? Are they no longer American citizens? Or is it that you are making a conclusion that because they made a mistake in one one regard, that they are not of sound enough mind to make a decision about something else? What if they could vote and vote for someone that would advocate for lower sentences that could have a direct impact on themselves but they don't have
0: an opportunity to do that. Yeah, that's tough. That's, it can get that's, deep, that's man. tough. You right can really do. think that's, about it. That's actually tough. I might have to uh make a couple phone calls and see if we can't make that happen. Cause that's actually tough. That's actually that's real tough. Cause I was listening to John Boehner uh talk about how um he all over the weed thing now. And he was saying that marijuana was considered a level one drug, and that's why a lot of the financial institutions wasn't really trying to back the weed industry, but now they're trying to get, what well, he's trying to get it um, sent to Congress where they make marijuana a level five drug. So level one means that's the top tick. Level five means it's kind of, you know, a- across the counter, you know, you don't need no prescription type shit, but I mean, it, it
2: Well, they're already doing yeah, that across the country. I mean, Denver, Col- you know, Colorado, California, California. I mean, and more, some a lot of the yeah. more progressive areas in the country. Yeah. You know, they they're selling it. Um and <laughs> and I'm, I guarantee they're getting some pretty good absolutely. tax revenue
0: yeah, off. Absolutely. Of I mean it I mean they talking about millions and billions of dollars. I mean they talking about uh Canada alone by twenty twenty looking at like ten point ten point two million in revenue. Ten point two million and that's just in, in the next two years. And just marijuana alone. So I mean it's it's, it's, it's definitely it's definitely the world is definitely changing in front of us. I just want people to wow. you know catch up and, and and be part of the change and versus just sitting at home and not doing shit. Yeah, real time.
2: Right. And yeah, I mean back on this
0: incarceration thing, man, just think
2: about it. we still live in a day and age where yeah, that's true, if you have enough money, you can buy your freedom. <laughs> I mean, how many times do we have to see that? How many times do we have to see what people can afford to have these top-notch lawyers? I mean, who was this kid that was down in Texas? I think he got convicted of rape, of raping a young lady. And they actually, um, because they said he didn't know better because he's been so entitled his entire life. And they they gave it a term. And he was never sentenced to jail. I mean and so here it is now, so that means that if you if all the rich people can buy their way out of right. trouble, they don't have to worry about right. losing their vote and it's so been like that forever though. people who can't afford legal. yeah I mean it's deep, it's deep, man. Right. I still don't believe Bernie Madoff is dead right. <laughs> I just don't believe he's dead. I'm sorry. I mean, of all the of all think about all the crooks and all the people that were losing their homes across the country. You had this whole private industry collapse, right? Bear Stearns collapse. You had all the big banks, right? Country, countryside, countrywide or whatever. All those major banks, major players, right? You got people that made billions of dollars on the side. The only person that went to jail from that whole thing was Bernie Madoff. And I still maintain that the only reason he even went to jail is because it wasn't that he was stealing money; a right. people, the wrong people.
1: people.
0: He just was. Somebody got to be a group. Lee
1: Harvey Oswald in, a, in every situation, much. If you know what I mean. Somebody got to be able to be that fall guy. Somebody they got to find somebody to put everything down Absolutely. on, it. and it it could be that matter. That's what happened with him.
2: They talk about he died mysteriously in jail. His son supposedly died. Like gone. okay, so anybody exactly. who would have had exactly. a chance at that money is is gone, right? That's I don't crazy.
0: that. I don't believe that. I, I... <laughs> I mean, but that's but that's. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Don't, conspiracy. don't think
2: something. I'm. I'm. You know, I'm not crazy, that's but I just. Your boy, that was Enron back uh-huh. in the day. Ken. Um. Oh, it was yeah, his name, name. Ken something. But he was the guy, the CEO mm-hmm. of uh of Enron. And Enron was the first one that they kind of, you know, it was a big collapse and everything happened. People yeah. lost, the, you know, people losing their pension money, losing their 401k, mm-hmm. losing hundreds of thousands of dollars from the retirement and everything else. Enron, right? They, they said that dude, he was supposed to be on like house arrest, but they left, allowed him, the court allowed him to go to his house in Colorado, I think it was. And he was skiing at his house in Colorado, or something happened. And he just he had a heart attack and died in the mountains at his other house.
0: Motherfucker just mysteriously died. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. His uh, look like uh, still sitting down. Jeffrey down of- Jeffrey Skilling is that his name? Uh, no. If you're talking about the it was Ken. Ken. I, I'm pretty Something. sure about that. I'm looking, I'm trying to see if I can look. Is it Kenneth Lay?
2: Kenneth Lay? Yep. Kenneth Lay. That was him. <laughs> look at how, look at Bernie Madoff, how he died, and his son is yeah,
1: the
0: dead. They said his
2: son hung himself because he couldn't take the pressure.
0: Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of okay. reading it now. I'm, I mean, I'm just going through and looking at some of this stuff.
1: So much, uh, so much, real quick. Uh, with uh, contestants on, um, on the ballot of, uh, on the ballot of, what, with, what's being basically, um, being run in your, um, your neck of the woods. And when I say that, I mean what positions that they're going for out there. Well, with.
2: You know, I don't I'm not gonna be too specific because I'm unfortunately I'm I'm a little too close to some of the scenarios down here. Um and like I said I do hold a position so I represent more of myself on it. But I will uh I'll say, you know, it, it's a good okay. a good uh it's gonna be a good campaign here. It's, it's a good campaign going on. I actually posted on my, my on my Facebook uh some of the issues and all of the candidates that are running, even for the mayor of Leesburg. So
1: People. Well, and I, I just wanna let you know let everybody know bad. that, you know, on, on November the 6th for the District of Columbia, some of the contestants that's running on the ballot is the delegate for House of Representatives, which is uh, you know, our lady Eleanor Holmes Norton has held that position for some time now. You know, also the mayor of DC is uh on the ballot, the chairman of the council, at large councils and all of the members of the Councils of All Awards, and uh, what else? Uh, I think the United States Senator and House of Representatives, um, some of the many positions on the ballot that's being um, voted on for the sixth. Kevin, what about some of the positions out that way?
0: Um, Out this way, I mean, there's a few people. You got Ben Jealous. uh, You got um, Angela also Brooks. Uh, Ben Um, Jealous is running for Senator. Senator, yeah, you got a uh, um uh, also rookie running for county executive. I mean, it's it's
1: What you mean? What you mean we say we think about it much? What y'all think yeah. about that? I
2: mean, I, I understand his roots were NAACP, but you know, what,
0: what do y'all what do y'all think about? Um, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, it's hard to say right now because I'm still I'm still kind of. Okay. I'm still kind of, you know, looking at looking at uh Larry Hogan and some of the stuff that he's done. Um, and mainly a lot of the stuff that he's done in Baltimore. I mean, he hasn't really done a lot of stuff down in my area in PG County, but I talk to a lot of people that's from the Baltimore area and they tell me a lot of good things that he's done for the Baltimore area. So, um I'm I'm still I'm still kinda of looking into that whole thing. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm just gonna vote for Ben Jealous just because of who he is or where he came from. I'm just like you say, I'm doing I'm doing my due diligence.
2: Yeah, yeah, I hear I hear uh, You know, I hear a lot of people seem to be very conflicted because he uh, does. He apparently, Hogan seems to have a lot of support, and uh, he, has a, he has a lot of support. And I think that you know, to me, you know, I'm in Virginia, I'm not in Maryland, but so it's like you know, Ben Jealous has yeah. he has the name, you know, it's a brother. Uh, and I think that, again, this is one of those things where I, in my mind now, I feel like maybe he over leveraged his position, you know, and, and jumped out there a little too soon. Like, I don't know what else he's done in Maryland, you know, to kind of put himself forward and want to, you know, be in that role right, right away. But I don't know.
1: Well, one I thing know, I can't, like, I think I, I do know. I, I don't know, I think I did hear, I think we do. never had a black governor in the state of Maryland before, so I think that if if he was to succeed in winning on uh, November the 6th, he'll be the first black governor ever to be in Maryland. So, I I guess that's my... Go man. Let's see. Let's see. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not saying that it does. I'm not saying that it it does. I mean, it's just... You know, I mean, that's one of the things that's going. I think that's that's being pushed as well as uh, I forgot the uh, the brother's name down in Florida, who's also running for for governor in the state of Florida. Yeah, Gillum,
0: Andrew Gillum. Yeah, Gillum, Gillum, yeah. Gillum.
1: So I, I'm not saying just yeah. like to say what Kevin said. I'm not saying because there. I don't know too much about him myself. I didn't do all my research on him, and you know, I'm not in Maryland. I'm in D.C. But I was just, you know, stating, you know, it'd be a first if he was to succeed and win,
0: right?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it could be huge, but I think, you know, more importantly than having someone that beats the check mark is having somebody that that the people really believe in. Um, you know, definitely big shoes, big shoes to fill, and I think that you know it has to be the right person. Like, you know, just imagine yes, this now: remember Jesse Jackson ran for president twice. And at that point in time, I remember this even as a kid, because I remember I remember asking my father, are you going to vote for Jesse Jackson? And he wouldn't tell me what he was going to do. He said, you know, people vote in this private son. You'll learn that as you get older.
1: (laughs) Right. But I think what he was trying to tell me. is (laughs) Uh,
2: But, you know, I don't know. Um, You know, I think that Obama obviously, you know, was was the transcendent figure that it was going to take to do it on that level. Um, yeah. here in virginia we had doug wilder yeah. who was uh the first governor when i was younger um, now we have a lieutenant governor um who's actually someone that i've met justin fairfax um <laughs> I'll, I'll plug that one time <laughs> but no he uh you know but he's a strong you know he's a strong brother you know what i'm saying and um you know when you look at his credentials you look at what he's about you know his, his path and when he speaks he speaks a lot of, you know, truth to power, and people relate to it, black and white. And I think that's what you need. You need someone um, that can kind of do that. I think that, unfortunately, with Ben jealous, I think that I don't know if he's going to be successful. My gut feeling say he won't be. He won't be what successful.
1: Meant you, um, what what makes you say that, though, much Not this time, at least. Not this
2: time. <laughs> I don't know. I, my gut feeling is that he's not going to win. That's just my gut feeling. I got a gut. My gut feeling say he's not going to win. Um, you got to remember, NAACP again, um, it's not as it's not viewed the same way as Black Lives Matter, but it's also you know their their responsibility right. is to be the ones on the front lines in the fight. And you go pull up, you know, it'll take you long to pull up some YouTube's or, or pull up some some video of Ben Jealous. You know, when he's out there advocating and fighting for the rights of Black folks and you know, you know, on the scene trying to get things done, where he might say something that'll piss off somebody. Yeah, they say
0: they say he a little, they say he a little aggressive. <laughs> he a little, he get he get a little aggressive. They say he get a little aggressive. Yeah, but hey, you know it works for sure Trump. It works for him. I'm just talking trash.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, right yeah we we've so
1: been, we been on the phone for a minute. Hour.
0: We can wrap it up if
1: you want, Kevin.
0: I mean, that's, I mean, I'm just saying that's, that's how it goes sometimes, man. Like I said, man, you, you, you just never know how much you got to say or how much you think about a certain topic until you start talking about it. I mean, that's why I do this because I, I mean, a lot of times when it starts, you know, it's a general conversation, but then as you get to talking, you, you bring some of your, your life experiences into it, then you bring in some of your own thoughts. And then next thing you know, boom, you, you just been rapping. So, I mean, again, I mean, I appreciate, you know, y'all spending some time with me because I definitely wanted to get this in and, um, you know, talk about this because I think, you know, it's going to be important. And I think like everybody has said on the TV and, you know, everybody is saying in the neighborhood that this is one of the important, the most important elections that um, I, I know I've been um. Uh, that I've seen, you know what I mean, and I, then I'm then I may end up being a part of. So, um, so much I appreciate, man. You coming through, man, and you know, Shane, your um your your take on. I know you ain't wanna, you know, give us too much because you kind of close to some of the people down in VA and and P. I mean, you always, you know, um, you know, keep me abreast on what's going on with the tax matches or just a, you know, just a quick word in the ear. So I mean, I appreciate that as well because I mean, I feel like if I can get it. You know, um, recorded and, and, and Get it in people's ears, man, give them something To listen to, man, that's kind of what I want To do, so, I mean, again, I appreciate You brothers, man, and uh, this This is what I do, man, I mean, this, this Is kind of what my show is, and it's never Scripted, it's all straight from the heart I always want to hear different opinions, whether it's right, bad, wrong and different or whatever it may be. You know, I want to hear it out. So, um, I hope y'all dudes have a good weekend, man. Um, cause I ain't going to do too much. I'm going to be with the little one chilling this weekend. So I ain't going to do too much. So again, I appreciate y'all coming through and, um, hope y'all have a good weekend. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, Hey, thanks for having, thank you for
2: uh, providing the platform. I really did enjoy this. Uh, and I just want to say for the record that uh, all opinions expressed by Mr. James Graham are the opinions of Mr. James Graham
0: alone. <laughs> okay, guess what? And with that being said, yeah, it's a wrap. <laughs> Y'all have a good night. Y'all be easy. All right.
1: i so-